0: So today, we are going to be playing and singing, Father, Can You Hear Me? We've practiced really hard for this. So, yeah. To heal families today.
1: Father, can you hear me? I'm calling on your name.
0: Not Buddha, nor Mohammed. But it's Jesus we cry out loud. Father, just forgive us. And hear us when we say. We give, we give, we
1: give you everything, our lives and souls today.
0: Father, you know we need it. i never seen so much pain. We have the faith for now. Your victory we'll
1: gain. Father, you know we mean it. There's not my heart of soul See?
0: I think I get to pinch hit for one more. Thank you guys for that special music. That was wonderful. So our scripture reading this morning is found in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. And um, we were talking about different things during prayer time. Just remember Theta and them in your prayers as well. I know that um, they've had kind of a rough rough go for the last month or so as well. So continue to remember them and um, hopefully they're doing well today. Um, But our scripture reading this morning, Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things.
1: Good morning, church. Good morning. Happy, Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. God is good, all the time. All the time. God, is good. God, is good. God is good, Amen. This morning, I plan not to keep you too long. Um, I've entitled my sermon, or my, I wouldn't call it so much a sermon, but my talk with you this morning, under the caption, "Are your feet beautiful?" Are your feet beautiful? I want you to look at your feet. Look at your foot. Do you got beautiful feet? Ah, my feet are not that great. But I like how the Bible defined what beautiful feet are. As so ably read by our, by Brother Rick. I want to thank uh, Delia, my sister-in-law, that's Arlene's sister, Um, her daughter, Chriselia, Joshua, and Gabby, um, for presenting that wonderful message in in song. Thank you very much. Thank Brother Rick for filling so many shoes this morning. And I thank you all for coming out this morning to church. I was just telling Brother Rick, if, if I wasn't preaching here this morning, I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be probably up in the our Church, listening to the, uh, that group there, the King Herald. But this morning, I want to talk to us about, are your feet beautiful? I want you to open your Bibles with me, and we're going to turn to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, and Paul uh, admonishes the church uh, in Galatia. Uh, about some issues. Uh, We want to take a look at that this morning. Galatians chapter 6, and we want to look at verses 10 through 13, but before we open the word of God as always, uh, we want to pray. So God's spirit will lead. So let's bow our heads as we pray. Father God, we thank you this morning that you have chosen me, an imperfect human being. Uh, In in spite of all my human failing and shortcomings, Lord God, you have desired to use me. So now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, O God, be yours and so, God, may the words that I speak now be your words. And as your words declare, let it not return unto you void, but may it accomplish those things that you have sent it for to accomplish today. And at the end, O oh God, may your people say it was good to be in your presence. We pray these mercies now in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 through Verse 13. Paul reminds us that. What does he say? He says that, therefore, no, Galatians, I said. Galatians, not Ephesians. Did I? Galatians chapter 6. Sorry. Hmm. No, I actually meant Ephesians. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm looking at it and I'm saying, that's not what I want to read. Ephesians chapter 6, I'll make note. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. And I want to look at, because my talk today is about feet. There's a movie about happy feet. And what does those feet do? They dance. Well, you know, I'm not even going to try, because I can't dance. So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul reminds us, It says, Finally, my brethren, be what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his what? Of his might. Put on what? The whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of whom? The devil. But then Paul tells us now that we what? Wrestle not against, what, flesh and blood, but against, what, principalities, against, what, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of, what, this age, against spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. And then he comes now with the conclusion, he says, what, therefore, take up the old armor of, what, of God that he may be able to do what? Withstand withstand in the evil day, and having done all to do what? Stand. To stand. I want you to jump now down now to verse 15. What does it say about the feet? It says now and having shod your feet with what the preparation of the gospel of peace. Did you know that your feet are sanctified? Those feet are sanctified feet. Feet that has been set apart for holy use. You might be saying, Brother Gail, what do you mean my feet are sanctified? And I thought about it. And I said, when we do communion and we wash our feet, we're actually setting our feet apart for holy use. Which means, turn now with me to Proverbs chapter 6. The kids and I looked at this this morning. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. And I said to the kids this morning, did you know there are some things that God hates? <gasps> God hates stuff? Yeah. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 reads, it says that six things the Lord hates, but the seven... Our an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed wood. Innocent blood. Four, a heart that devised wicked plans. Five, what does five say? Feet that are swift in running toward. Does anybody else have another translation? What does your translation say, Sister Dagny? Feed that, race down a track. Feed that race down a wicked track. Is there another translation that gives me a different? You have a mess? Okay. Feed that hurries off to do evil. So, the, what Brother Rick read for us this morning contrasts now. To this kind of feet. A feet that is not sanctified that its only aim and purpose is to do evil. What's the purpose of your feet? What's the purpose of the feet? Carry you around, Yeah. Carry you from one place to the other. But God is giving your feet A holy mission this morning. And listen up. Isaiah 52 and verse 6 and 9 declares Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, they will know on that day that I am he who speaks. Here I am. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. Who proclaim peace and bring good tidings? Who proclaim salvation and say to Zion, Your God reigns? No, Paul captures this message that was enunciated in Isaiah 52. And Paul says, No, as so was ably read by our brother Rick in Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. Romans 10 and verse 15, and says, How shall they preach unless they are one? Sent, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Can you imagine? These feet being used for its sole purpose to bring glad tidings. While I was doing my preparation, Fran Baker has a saying. He says that preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Our lives should speak volumes that we are children of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ has redeemed us. Hallelujah. Amen. So turn with me now to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians 2 and verse 20. And this one I'm sure of. We're talking about sanctified feet. Paul declares "No, Listen to what Paul says. Paul says that I have been what? I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who would live. But Christ that lives in what? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? By faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Paul declares that the life that he now lives. He lives by the power of Christ. and The faith of Jesus Christ. So his entire being is dedicated to ministry. The book of Isaiah 61 and verse 1 through 3. Reads The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. Vengeance is talking about is judgment of God. To comfort those who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. This is our commission. To, to, To... to send to heal up the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captive. To the opening of the prison to those that are bound. But look how this prophecy that was prophesied in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. This is the fulfillment. Turn with me now to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 4. We're seeing the fulfillment of this. Luke chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 16 through 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And who is the fulfillment of this? That is going to bring liberty to those who are oppressed. Who's going to heal the brokenhearted? Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. This is Jesus' mission. This is Jesus' purpose. And it says... And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into where? The synagogue on on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And can you imagine with me? And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is what? upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to whom to the poor he has sent me to do what to heal the what the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are what bruised to preach the acceptable year of the lord And then he what? Closed the book and gave it again to the minister. And he sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? Jesus has come, brothers and sisters. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the savior of the world is here. But what an indictment on our religiosity. Turn with me. And if you can't turn there, James chapter 1 verse 26. In verse 27, James chapter 1 and verse 26 and verse 27 reads, Those who consider themselves religious. Listen now. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion, the word of God says, is what? Useless. Useless. It's worthless. God is saying, listen, if you do not put reins on those tongues, then your religion becomes worthless. But then, no, it didn't leave you there. It says, no, religion that God our Father accepts is this. As pure and faultless as this. To look after whom? The orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep one cell from being polluted by the what? By the world. That's our purpose. That's our commission. At least one of them. But now we become no partakers of this wonderful mission, Brother Chris. We become co-laborers with the Spirit of God and now, so Jesus now passes the mantle on to his disciples. As recorded in the book of Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, something happened. They, they worshipped, worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now he gives them the charge. He says, therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of whom? The Father, the Son, and the And teaching them to observe all things. I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The good news is not good news. It is great news. The nuance of the Greek for the word gospel literally means that this news is almost too good to be true. In our world when something seems too good to be true... It usually is. But this is not the case with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? The news is true and it is credible. And Paul reminds us, brothers and sisters, that beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, great news, and announce it to the world. That's what our feet are supposed to do. And in today's passage, Paul is reminding us that this good, great news, has to be passed on and received before its power is released. People cannot look to Jesus for eternal life if they don't believe in him. They can't believe in him unless they have heard about him. And they can't hear about him unless someone tells them. People need to be sent before anyone can call upon the name of the Lord and find salvation. Amen? The woman at the well, John chapter 14. John chapter 4, sorry. She had beautiful feet. The woman at the well, this Samaritan woman at the well. Let's take a look at her encounter John chapter 4, and we look at verses 27. John chapter 4 and verses 27. You know, her experience reminds me when I just got baptized. I mean, I was on fire. I wanted to go tell everybody, Sylvia, about Jesus. I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. But there's this woman, a Samaritan woman, And in an encounter with Jesus. Now the Jews don't have anything dealing with the Samaritans. But Jesus, in John 3, 16, tells us that his mission is to seek and to save that which was lost. So John chapter 4, verse 27. And it says that, Make sure I am at the right spot there. And at this point, the disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Now, I'm kind of, I have kind of bypassed the encounter The encounter part is a little further above this chapter where Jesus went there to to draw water. He had no vessel to draw the water. And he engaged in this conversation with this woman. But then something happened in her heart. It says that the woman left her water pot and she went her way into the city and said to the men, come, come see a man who told me all things I ever did, could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And in the meantime, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. And he said to them, I have food to eat to which you do not know. And he says what? Jesus says what? My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. And that's what we are called to do as well. And so this morning, as we contemplate our feet, I ask the question Is your feet beautiful? Is your feet beautiful? Sister White, as I come to a close, Sister White describes the world's condition in this way. She said that we're living in the midst of an epidemic of crime at which thoughtful, God-fearing men everywhere stand aghast. The corruption that prevails, it's beyond the power of the human pen to describe. Every day bring fresh revelation of political strife. Bribery and fraud. Every day brings its heart sickening record of violence and lawlessness, of indifference to human suffering, of brutal, fiendish destruction of human lives. Every single day testifies to the increase of insanity, murder, and suicide. Who can doubt, she writes that satanic agencies are at work among men with increasing activity to distract and to corrupt the mind and defile and destroy the body. But this is the indictment on the church. Listen up now. This is an indictment. And she said, while the world is filled with these evils, she declares, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ is too often presented in so an indifferent a manner as to make but little impression upon the conscience of the lives of men. Everywhere there are hearts crying out for something which they have not. They long for a power that will give them mastery over sin. A power that will deliver them from the bondage of evil. A power that will give them health and life and peace. Many who once knew the power of God's word have dwelled where there is no recognition of God, and they long for the divine presence. But I'm glad that Sister White didn't leave it there. She gives us now the remedy for the problem, the world's problem. She said, the world needs today what it needed 1,900 years ago. Anybody know what that is? It needs a revelation of Jesus Christ. She says, no, a great work of reform is demanded. And it is only through the grace of Christ that the work of restoration, physical, mental, and spiritual, can be accomplished. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 through 16 says that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and be trampled under feet. The word of God says that we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a candle, a lamp. And put it on the bo- a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all that are in the house. And so, the commission is, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. So, let us rescue the perishing. Let us care for the dying. Snatch them in pity. From sin and the grave. Weep over the erring one. Let us lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing. Duty demands it. Strength for our labor, the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way. Patiently win them. Tell the poor wanderer that their Savior has died. So today I ask the question Are your feet beautiful? Are your feet beautiful? And I end with Walk good.